0: my heart will sing your praises O oh lord of postgres sequel for you have given us a powerful tool to store and query data with ease it is a gift of such great magnitude and here's the chorus hallelujah praise the lord of postgres SQL. it is such a gift it's a gift of such great grace for you have provided us a way to store and query data with ease
1: You're listening to Working Code, and now your hosts, who wish they were Boolean, so the next time they're wrong, it's only by a bit. Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. Welcome to the show. It's episode 104, and today we plan to talk about AI. And are you scared yet? Because you should be. No, not really. Anyways. So as normal, I'm going to kick us off with our triumphs and failures, and I'm going to go with a giant triumph, you guys. Yay. I have let my children live another year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not for sure how I did it so long, but man, they did. And this week, the oldest turns 21 and the youngest turns 18. So not only did I let them live. I no longer have children. I have adults. Mm. So it's uh it's been interesting, but we're super excited. We're super proud of them. They're great boys. They've done amazing things and they're going to go far. So I say I've let them live another year. But in reality, you know, they've let me be a mom another year and I've enjoyed <laughs> every bit of it. So it's going to be crazy when they're completely gone out of the house. And what the hell do I do in my free time? Because <laughs> I don't know what that is.
0: <laughs> uh, you break. You break that new husband in.
2: I I already have. Oh, dear.
1: (laughs) All right. So that's me. I would normally kick it over to Adam, but he's MIA. So I'm going to throw it over to Ben.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to go with a Triumph. I'm going to call it a soft Triumph because it's a Triumph laced with a little bit of sadness but i i've decided that the current project that i'm working on on the legacy platform i'd like it to be the last project that i work on for the legacy platform i'm i'm tired of living on the edge and like never quite knowing when the legacy platform is going to go away and i'm tired of trying to fight against the current i sort of just i just want to let go of all that baggage and mm. and move over to the new platform and kind of be looking in the same direction with everybody else Good for you! Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's it's interesting. (laughs) So you know, I am a little sad about that, but I started having a one-on-one meeting weekly with one of our director of engineering for the platform, and she's the first person that I really started opening up to in a in like a reporting structure kind of way, and it's sort of just, I, I don't think I realized quite how frustrated I was until I started telling someone how frustrated I was. And it just, it opened up a whole lot of emotions and, and I don't know, I just sort of lost, I lost a, the, the desire to fight, you know, and, and I sort of just want to be on the same page with everybody else. Hold on. I had one more thought in there. Give me one second.
1: Okay. You got it. What the heck?
2: I know I had like this, something was bouncing around in my mind. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the other thing is that we've been slowly migrating all of our enterprise customers off of the legacy platform and we're basically done. There's like, four or five enterprise customers left on legacy and the thing about having the legacy the thing about having the enterprise customers there is that that was my connection to the customers because enterprise have support contracts and they talk to our customer facing team and then i can talk to our customer facing team and get a sense of what our customers are liking what they're not liking where there's maybe some opportunity now that it's just non-enterprise users on the legacy platform, there's there's really no communication channel for mm. me. They're, they don't even really file support tickets because they don't, I don't even think, I don't even know if they can file support tickets. <laughs> <They're> not, oh, <laughs> they turn that off. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm, they might not be allowed to. So there's like, I think there's a public forum they can participate in, but uh, it's I it's, uh, like, uh, there's no more connection between me and the customers. And it was really the customers that was driving me to want to improve the legacy platform. And if I can't communicate with them, I feel like I'm really working in an echo chamber and, and I, and I got no one to talk to anymore. So yeah, it's time to move on, time to move on to the new platform.
1: So when you said that this was going to be your last project, I got emotional for you. Like, and then when you kept talking, I got a little sweaty. Like, this is a lot a lot to take in all at once. Like, it's been your baby for so long and it's been your life that to hear you've hit that point where you're okay moving and you're okay letting go and just seeing what the future holds, man... You got me in my emotions
0: tonight, yeah. Ben. <laughs> I made mean, he's, he's had a relationship with this thing as long as you've had kids,
2: Carol. I
1: know, right? <laughs> Don't make me cry here. Well,
2: you know what I, I want to go watch? There's a Netflix show. I think I mentioned it many, many, many episodes ago. There's a Netflix show called Seven Days Out, I think, and or One Week Out, something like that. And it's, And it's a bunch of episodes. Each episode is completely separate. One of them is about the Cassini satellite that they crashed into... Saturn or Venus or something. And it's 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 a whole episode about things coming to an end and and how emotional everybody gets and I feel like I need to go and watch that one more time just to like get all the cries out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want something similar
0: without rewatching, I just on Amazon Prime I watched Goodnight, Oppie. It's about the uh, the Opportunity probe, the rover that was on Mars that you know, only supposed to be a 90 day and it lasted like 15 years, I think. Oh, wow. And like the relationship that this is pretty well done. They very they very anthropomorphize these, these, the robots that, that were on Mars. But just the whole relationship that this, these teams had with them. And I mean, they got, at the end, I'm crying. Like, like oh, they tried to shut the rover down.
1: <laughs> I actually, that's one of the few things I have watched. And I agree. At the end of it, I was bawling like a baby because... You built this emotional connection with yeah. the products that you're working on and what you're delivering. And when you thought it was going to only survive a year and it gave you 15, you're like, how yeah, do you let right? go? I, I how do you get you let it. go? I
2: totally get it. Well, there's well, in, in the episode I'm talking about on Netflix, there's they, you know, NASA, they calculate everything down to like the half second, practically, even despite the fact it's hundreds of thousands of miles away. And they... As the satellite is crashing into the atmosphere, they have an estimate of when it'll stop being able to send back data. Right, and they hit that mark, and then it continues to send back data for like another thirty seconds or sixty <sighs> seconds. And I was like, "Oh my god, it's still alive!" <laughs> <laughs> you go, buddy. You go. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's cool. Well, I'm proud of you, though, Ben. I mean, it's it's scary. It it. it yeah, it, it, but you know, all things that are worth doing are scary at first.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be big. And I'm, and I'm sure I'll have a lot to say about it as, as time goes on. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll have to recall our I work on the legacy platform sticker now. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> wait, good Red timing. <laughs> oh, wait, Red Bubble already did that. Never mind.
1: <laughs> as we're shut down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, all right. So that's me. Tim, what do you got going on?
1: And I wish
0: I could make this three in a row, but no. So, you know, we just came off Thanksgiving weekend. And I got sick during Thanksgiving, as for some reason I'm wont to do. And I uh, spent pretty much most of Thanksgiving, four, you know, four-day weekend sick and just sleeping all day long, 15, 16 hours a day and feeling like crap. And then even like the beginning of this week, I felt terrible. Today was actually the first day I actually woke, I, I felt I had energy. I worked yesterday. I took the first Monday, Tuesday off and I worked Wednesday, but just I was so tired and you know, couldn't breathe and, you know, it's not COVID. It was, I don't know, it's just a cold flu. I don't know what it is. But today I, I had energy. I felt good, but I woke up with pink eye. Oh, so man. We, we normally record this and we, we actually have our cameras on normally, but we, I have it off today because I look ridiculous. I have a homemade eye patch on, which is toilet, <laughs> toilet paper and blue painter's tape over my eye because, you know, any amount of air on my eye it makes it hurt, it so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I don't really have anything coding related, you know, to, to share because I really haven't done a whole lot. I, I did, I did a, a bit today, and, but it's really, you know, it's it's really hard to to work on a computer when you only have one eye. You, yeah, I'm totally like trying to move the mouse around, and you wouldn't think on a 2D you need depth perception, but it's like I'm trying <laughs> to find where the mouse goes, and I'm moving it all around. I'm like, no, it's not it, and trying to see where it click, and yeah. It it was it was a it was stressful writing code today. Mm. Someone oh, wanted me to do 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 something to like delete a whole bunch of data, and I'm like, no, nope, I'm not doing that till I have two eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, in the full working brain, right? Yeah, in a full yeah. working
0: brain. So <laughs> oh, that's. Brutal, well, I hope man. you get
1: to feeling better.
0: Oh, thank yeah. you. Thanks. Uh, so, what we talking about?
1: I think we should probably talk about AI since that's what I said in the intro. <laughs> that's,
0: that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: <laughs> if only the show were by AI, it would already know what we're going to talk about, but it's, it's not. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> hold on. Actually, let me see. I'm going to go to OpenAI because I was playing with that today. So, beta.openai.com. What is OpenAI? Uh, so that's this is the
1: back of GitHub Pilot, right? Is it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: So beta.openai.com this this one that has a little playground we can just put in a prompt and it will create a story for you. So we'll do it'll do writing for you. So I'm going to type in a prompt for a t- let's see a tag maybe a tagline for a podcast about writing code. So let me do that. So Unlock your coding potential with Code right
1: Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that out and put our real name in, and we're hey, good. <laughs> there we go. There we yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I did Google real quick because I was pretty sure it's what it was. And GitHub Copilot does use the OpenAI codecs for their suggestive code. So, which I now pay for because I loved it so much, I refused to get rid of it. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nice. I did that thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I brought this topic up because I've just been reading a lot about AI and its potentials and people's fears of it. And so this is kind of a general topic of it. Don't really know where this will go. But, I mean, I've been playing around with like, you know, this openai.com and also the the generative art that it, that it creates. And it's gotten, I mean, it's getting amazingly better just within like, the past three to four months since I've been following it. It's just getting better and better to the point like it's, it's really getting kind of scary.
1: I will say that kind of about this, our teams get really mad if you're on the AI team and you refer to them as the ML team, or if you're on the ML team and you refer to them as the AI team. And I don't understand why they get so mad. It's very confusing. Like machine learning versus artificial intelligence. Like where does the line go? Well, didn't,
2: I think Adam one time was griping about the fact that there is technically no AI, that it's all mm-hmm. machine learning. Yeah, I, me- I remember him talking about that.
0: Yeah, I, I asked the same question here. I mean, wh- where is the line? What? What do your teammates say what the, in their mind, what the difference is?
1: I wish I could remember an answer off the top of my head. They usually just remind me that they're not part of the ML team, that they're technically an AI developer. And well, I don't what know is- what they do.
2: Wait, so you have an AI team at work?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have people who write AI and we have people who write ML.
2: I don't know if you can talk about this, but what is the AI team? Because you're in real estate, right?
1: Yeah, we're in real estate.
2: So what What do you have an AI? What does the AI do?
1: <laughs> Again, you go back to, I don't know which ones do what. <laughs> so I can tell you we have predictive models, which don't know which team does it. We have a lot of analytics. We have... I mean, I would really have to go look at what people and their titles are to know what projects they work on. Because like I said, they get mad that I confuse them for the wrong team. So I'm not for sure what they do. All right. All right.
2: Fine, fine, fine.
1: (laughs) But I'm going to put it on my notes and I'm going to find out and I'll tell you.
2: Cool. I was playing around with Amazon Polly, I think. Mm -hmm. Tim, you may have brought this up before. Yeah, I use it. So I was just playing around, with, and, and if you sign into the Amazon console, you can go into Polly and you can enter a paragraph of text and you can have it turn that text into speech. And it has two options. One option is standard voices, and then the other option is like standard voices plus machine learning algorithms. And uh, it just, it makes it sound, I don't want to say perfectly human, but it definitely smooths out a lot of the weirdness that the that the normal voices bring to it and it's, it was pretty cool like it definitely it, it opens up in my mind a lot of opportunity where i can take something that i would maybe normally need a voiceover actor for not that i have mm-hmm. a lot of these opportunities but like you know if you wanted to make a demonstration video for animations or something and you wanted someone to be narrating it like it, it becomes very feasible in my mind to to just write it out and then and then get something like amazon poly to to use their machine learning algorithms to make it sound like a real person, it's pretty. It was, it was very cool.
1: Well,
0: that's cool. I, I have to check that out because I didn't know they've they've added that feature to Polly. Yeah, yeah. Huh.
1: So, what have you been like reading about lately that made you want to talk about this or listening to? So,
0: so, like the so the image generation, right? So the generative art. So Stable Diffusion, which is an open source project that does, you know, you give it some text and you generate images and. I mean it's eventually when I first started looking at it, it was like images were kinda kinda suspect, but now it's like I mean, they're generating stuff that's just like people are entering it in, into art competitions and winning.
1: Oh, <laughs> Okay, so I've looked at some of this. Like what it's able to create is amazing, but should yeah. it really be eligible for winning awards? Right. <laughs> like you're right. against a human. The computer's gonna win every time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it, there's people like their job is to just to write really good
2: prompts to generate stuff. Wow. Although, you know, when this started to come out a couple of months ago and everybody was talking about how offended a quote unquote real artists would be that people were essentially creating stuff in their styles. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it sort of died down. Mm-hmm. I, and I wonder if if there was a lot of fear, uncertainty, doubt kind of mm-hmm. mindset. And maybe it's just not becoming the issue that people thought it was or maybe it just hasn't had enough time to play out but i don't think i don't think
0: that's enough time to play out i, th- th- I think eventually there's going to be some lawsuit that will kind of shake things out a little bit in that regard of you know particularly if it's a living artist you know you have a living artist to try to make a living creating their art and then people are using your name as a prompt to generate to generate art that looks like yours that you know and then they're selling it and you know you're now you know you're creating with your own you're competing with your own self right right so so, is that fair what I did read that I didn't recently I read that so uh, stable diffusion if there's a watermark or on the image or photo or you know whatever that the art that it's you it will not use that it will automatically Uh throw that out so if you put a watermark on your art online then but it's like you know, there's so much stuff on the it's it's using the internet, right? So it's like tons of people will go put your put a picture of your art or put you know whatever, you know, crop out the uh, crop out the the watermark or whatever it is. Yeah, and, and, and it will get used. So it's like you, the genie's out of the bottle.
2: Yeah, it is really interesting. I I played around with one of the 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 prompt for for image creation, and I I was just having a fun time, and I was I, I my prompt was something like. Large muscular women with with <laughs> veiny biceps dripping with sweat and glistening under the overhead light oh you know, my gosh. Like and and the, and it generated stuff that l- almost looked like photography. like it looked like yeah real people, crazy but like to me. real people with some problems kind of a thing yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> interesting.
2: Uh,
0: what what really gets scary though is like when we start using AI to create code. And to create programs, there's, there's, there was, there's projects now where you can just try to describe a, like a code project, like, you know, do you describe basically a Trello board and it will generate the code for you. That's nuts. And you you can run it Now a lot of times. It gets close and you have to tweak it and everything, but it's like, that's beginning stages at some point, you know, at some point, and it seems to be moving really, really fast. It's like. We won't be coding anymore. We'll just be telling a computer, you know, describing what we want. It'll build it. And then we're just quality assuring it. All of us will become QA.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I love coding.
0: I know, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Whenever I'm using Copilot to do stuff, I'll be like, I'll start by typing out like a little comment. I'm like, oh, I just need, you know, A to see if it equals B or, you know, something simple, not too in-depth, right? And it'll like pop up whenever I hit tab. It's like... Does A equal B? And then it's like return true or return false. And I'm like, okay, this is so nice. Like (laughs) sometimes it takes me a second to, like, that's not a hard one. I usually can get that one, you guys, but sometimes I do write things slightly more complex, right? So whenever I hit the tab button and it populates something, I'm like, oh, Yeah, that seems like a good way to do it. And I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have probably taken a much more complicated approach to get to this answer. So I'm like, thank you for helping me today. (laughs) But one thing it cannot figure out is CF abort. (laughs) Just letting you know that. It's not figured out CF abort yet. I type in CF abort and then it's like CF abort and it types label and it tries telling me to put like a sentence there. It's like a return for case equals false. Right. And I'm like, no, I just I was a bore. Just stop. No more no more syntax needed. Just stop.
2: <laughs> maybe if you do a dump first, then it because it'll understand that pattern maybe.
1: well no like even if you know how you can do cf like dump and then inside the dump you can do abort at the end of it it still doesn't understand to put them together so even if i do like a tag base like if i'm in a like a cfm file and and i do a tag base like cf dump and i don't put it in the the attribute like i put it on the next line and i do cf abort it still automatically wants to insert label equals (laughs) and i'm like Hmm. no it doesn't get one Stop
0: it! <laughs> no label for you.
1: I have
0: that's because it's based on all all the GitHub code that all the Cold Fusion people are doing wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like you're forcing no labels. I don't even think it'd work. I'm pretty sure it'd break if I did that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's interesting though. I mean, when Tim, when you talk about it, uh, about us becoming quality assurance people, not necessarily coders, I, I think about products that are. That encapsulate really complex things, but not necessarily creative things. And I, and I'm painting with a super broad brush there. So take that with a grain of salt. But I, you know, something like, like Auth0, where they've encapsulated all the logic you could ever need for authentication and user management and like social logins. And the reason that, that, that that's a business is because that stuff at a low level is really complicated. I mean, there's mm-hmm. all that kinds of, Oh, you know, like, um, OAuth handshaking yeah. and back and forth and stuff and, and the social logins. But, you know, uh, I imagine that there's not a ton of creative work in there. No. And, and that yeah. seems like if you could talk to an AI and just be like, build me a, a social login integration.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of terrifying. The idea that you could maybe wipe out a business like that
0: true but at the same time it's like yeah we were at work we're building up a new site it's a new new product and you know the whole user authentication and a multi-tenant type system i mean guys have been working on it for four to five weeks now yeah it's like if you could just describe that to an ai and have it done and then just review the code make sure it looks good in and qa and i'm like that would be amazing <laughs> it,
2: it is very it's fast it's terrifying but it's fascinating
0: it, yeah, it is. And the, the so other things I've been reading about, I would talk about the dark side of it a little bit, is so from what I understand, this is very much a, a layman's view of of how this thing works. So Machine learning used to be like, you know, building instruction sets and things like that. But now that what they do is they, they build this data model. It's all about the model, right? So they build this, and I don't understand what goes into building this data model and the size of the model makes a big difference and where it gets the stuff from. But the, they build this data model and then they attach the AI to it to hit against the model to, to yep. build stuff. And, but what is interesting is because the model is being pulled from the real world and the real world is certainly biased Mm -hmm. and inherently uh, racist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It, 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 those models have the same thing. So we're, people are, you know, companies are building AI products that are inherently, you know, biased towards certain people and, they are people that look a lot like us. Let's be fair, and um, and so that they're like, you know, how do you prevent that? Because you you know, people are going to take the outputs of this. They're going to put information in about healthcare, about finance, and about you know making decisions about who gets what. And if your model is biased, and the AI comes up with biased answers, you're just perpetuating that same bias that's going on in the world. So how do you how they fix that? Problem is they don't really understand. The model is so big, they don't really understand how it works, why it works, or how it gets the answers that it comes up with. And that's the craziest thing. They don't, people are building stuff that's coming out with the right answers, really good answers, but they don't know why. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's just insane.
1: I will say that's a sentence I hear at work. Not that we don't know what we're doing and that, you know, we don't know how the data works, but I do hear like, oh, we're training the model. Like we're training the model. And I'm like, what the hell do you mean you're training the model? Like, from my side, that just sounds crazy because I'm an application engineer, right? Like, I don't know what the heck you're doing over there. So you're training the model, which just means that they're giving it information with valid outputs. And it's learning based off of what it's been given with true and false returned, right? So it's kind of like, it's able to predict where markets are going to go when you look at housing ups and downs, right? And the value of a house. So it takes the information that's been given. It takes like information about the industry and it learns from it. And I'm just like, I don't understand this, but it sounds so fancy and I want to train <laughs> something like How to train your dragon. I don't know. But (laughs) like my application doesn't do that, right? My application is business logic. It's, I tell it everything it's going to do. It doesn't have to assume anything because I've told it every path it can Mm -hmm. take. So it's just, it's a whole nother world to me that it feels so far beyond what my brain can comprehend at times.
2: Yeah, totally. Well, I was listening to an interview. I, one of the podcasts I listen to is about Google search. Like, I, th- I think it's people on the Google search team. And one of the episodes they were saying, can anyone at Google actually tell you how search works? And uh, the guy was like, maybe, a, maybe years ago, there were people who had it all in their head. Like they really understood the algorithm. But he's like, today, no one can really tell you how Google search works. It's so complicated and it runs through so many different algorithms. And, uh, and it's just impossible for anyone to point at any one thing and, and understand the ramifications of changing it. And he said, <laughs> I'd like,
1: be so scared. I'd be so scared. <laughs> and, and
2: he said, like, they'll, they'll make mistakes. Like, they'll roll out a change in, go- in the Google search algorithm and suddenly page rankings will completely tank. And then they'll have to roll it back because they didn't realize it would have the, the ramifications. And he said, like, they're just, you know, they make mistakes because it's so complicated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we,
0: I mean, hey, all of us have had a project like this, <laughs> that at some point, right? <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: All of us have had a, some code we inherited or maybe we, we wrote in, years ago and we're like, I don't want to touch that because I don't know what it's going to do. I have no right. clue what this does. I can't figure it out. Anything I do will break it. So you think of that on a scale, you know, times a million. Oh yeah, <laughs> That's what we're dealing with with AI.
2: It works. Sorry, a little side story for a second. But at work, one time we were talking about so, we have the new platform has a lot of microservices, and sometimes we're not always entirely sure if a microservice is actually being used anymore. Elon says, turn it off. Well, yes, yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Fire so, them. like, they'll look at the CPU utilization, but the problem is because it's running in a containerized environment, there's health checks constantly being fired. Right. So, the machines are doing stuff, even if no one's really using them. Right. right. And so, yeah, to, exactly to what Tim was saying, where someone said, just use the scream test. I was like, what's the scream test? And she was like, you turn it off and you see who starts screaming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will admit I've done that many times <sighs> in my yep, career.
2: Totally. totally.
0: <laughs> like, hey, are we still using this service? Like, oh, I don't know, turn it off, let's see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, so I don't think I've actually ever done that. Like I have looked at code and been like, okay, this is clearly deprecated and we are not utilizing it anywhere. Like it's just being initialized as a property or it's like a getter setter, but it's not actually being used. It was just never taken out of some files. Mm-hmm. But when I look at something and anyone still calls it, I'm like, Hell no! I'm not taking this out because I don't want someone <laughs> screaming at me. Like I get so scared, like sweaty. Like I can't do this. Someone else has to has to be the one to decide to remove this. And I should be able to, but nope. The the fear of my customers hitting that and it being needed and me being the one that hit delete on that file. <laughs> pass, <laughs> pass, hard pass.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, totally.
0: So something I read two days ago, was talking, the the headline was that one in 10 artificial intelligence developers feel that AI will be the end of our civilization at some point. (laughs) 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 Which is, it's, it's kind of scary. And it's not, it's not like, you know, just Ma and Pa sitting on the front porch shooting the breeze. These are people actually who are working on it and they, they they're worried about that. And one of the points it made is, so. The difference between, they're like, well, you know, haven't we had other things that we've worried about in in our society that we thought was going to ruin, destroy the world, like nuclear power, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Nuclear nuclear war. Well, they made the point that the difference is that nuclear bomb doesn't really have a goal on its own. It doesn't have its own motivation, right? Someone fired it and, you know, something blew up. Right with AI the entire thing is is you give it a goal yep. that's it's the entire thing you you give it a set goal and it has to figure out how to do that it's not it doesn't have malevolent intent right it just you give it a goal and it's like what's the best way to do that and the way it might do that could be very detrimental to a lot of people if if it has the power to actually enact what it wants to do and the and the illustration they gave the comparison was so you know i don't think of myself as a, a an ant genocidist right but you know i don't
1: even know what that means so can we circle back to that in a minute
0: so a person who wants to kill all the ants right oh okay (laughs) yeah so so but whenever so around the air conditioner and very important in the south to have a good air conditioner and there's lots of constant condensation that comes off of it and the ants love the water so Mm -hmm. they come they will block up your air conditioner i I I've had so many times my air conditioner break because an ants get in there and really? just clog it up. Yeah,
1: they build get into an the ant the, mound.
0: They build an ant mound to get the water, and then it like shorts the circuits on on the capacitors or some you know, circuit of that. board. That's crazy. It's happened to me probably ten times <laughs> in, in the past like nine years. Oh man, it's so now I'm very diligent about going out there and I spray with pesticides on a regular basis and I'm killing all these ants. That was my goal. My goal is I want air conditioning. My, my, my answer is, you know, I have to kill the ants. And so if you give a goal to AI and their answer is, well, we just need to destroy half the population, like Thanos said, (laughs) (laughs) and then you give them access to tools to do that, then that's a bad thing.
2: Yeah. It can escalate pretty quickly.
0: Now, is that going to be the reality? I don't know. But since the fact that we don't really know how they come to these answers. Yeah. You know, and, and what's what's the big issue is that people are in such a hurry right now to make money off of it. People are just throwing tons of money right now, at building these kind of things. And you can see the results because it's gotten so much better that the art, the story generation, and they're not really, you know, what is, what was the model? Move fast and break stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? yeah. I hate right? that. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly what they're doing with with AI. They're like just move fast. We throw money. We don't want to worry about you know the quality of what we're doing or the, the ramifications of what we're doing, and so that 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 makes it kind of scary.
1: See, I would like to see the progression of it. Like Ben was talking about his picture, right? Like. Muscular woman, sweaty veins. Like I don't don't remember all the words you gave, but I would like to see step by step, like what it used to get to that. Like when you type in the word vein, what does it get? Like if I just put vein in first, like what happens versus muscular vein? It's completely different, you know. It's very interesting.
2: (laughs) You know what I love is the Boston Dynamics, those the robotics. Oh my
1: God, their robots are the best.
2: They make the best (laughs) videos too,
1: and. I don't know why, but when it falls, I tear up, right? Like, I'm like, no, no, walk over it. Don't fall. Don't fall again. And when it finally makes it, I cheer because this robot has worked so hard. And oh, oh. they take such
2: small little steps sometimes, yeah. like little, adorable, dainty steps. I remember in one of the early videos that they posted, the, I think it was one of the robots is there and he's holding a box. And one of the engineers is next to him and he's hitting him with a hockey stick or something and, and knocking the box out of his hands. And the robot has to keep picking the box up. And one of the people who was uh, commenting on it, they were like, just so we know, this is the moment it all turned. <laughs> <laughs> this is the robot uprising. <laughs> so, do you, guys, do you guys know
0: that so Alexa is coming up with a new feature that's, that's coming out that they will, you can have Alexa tell you a bedtime story or just any sort of story? No. Yeah, and it will come up with story, and like, and sometimes even little pictures and music and like different voices, and so you give it maybe a prompt or something. You know, tell me a story, Alexa, about you know this. <laughs> and it just, and I'm just worried. It's like, you know, what happens whenever you ask a story, and it's like going to give your kids nightmares for weeks because it comes up with a scary
1: <laughs> story. The wrong one, right?
2: Well, years <laughs> ago, I mean, maybe like. Four years ago, five years ago at work, I forget. we, we had some sort of meeting and every, there was like goodie bags and everybody got some sort of a an, an Alexa dot or something, some sort of, you know, like little round speaker thing you keep at home. And I turned it on and me and the missus were sitting there and we were trying to figure out how it works and asking it questions. And, and it just like didn't understand a lot of the questions. And finally <laughs> I was like, Alexa, why is my wife so hot? And he was like, I'm sorry, I don't understand that question. I was like, this thing's dumb. And I turned it off, and I never turned it back on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's gotten
0: better. (laughs) Let me give you another example. So I I posted this on our Discord for patrons. I said, write a limerick about a code monkey. And so here's a limerick. A code monkey with no degree works hard with great tenacity. Though he's not a pro, he codes like he knows that his work will bring prosperity.
2: Oh my god, that's kind
1: that's of great, great actually. That's actually amazing.
0: And I also did one. The prompt was write a a bible song a bible song about postgres sequel. <laughs> It's pretty long, so I won't give you the whole thing. I'll just give you the the first verse in the chorus. My heart will sing your praises, O Lord of Postgres SQL, for you have given us a powerful tool to store and query data with ease. It is a gift of such great magnitude. And here's the chorus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord of Postgres SQL. It is such a gift. It's a gift of such great grace for you have provided us a way to store and query data with ease.
2: Oh my wait so what what is it what's generating these things
0: that's the same thing the the, the beta open, open ai, AI. Yeah. Oh, yeah
2: goodness yeah <laughs> well now i got to try it that's this, this this is just a lot of fun sounding <laughs> it is that pretty so funny silly. <laughs>
1: so silly so you silly know,
2: open ai but yeah if you want to do some fun so
0: there's like stable diffusion you can upload a photo of yourself at, or a photo of anything actually but like you put a, like a portrait of yourself and just you know put prompts in like make me look like superman or whatever, and it will just generate and these, totally do this stuff. There's a, a friend I follow on, on Facebook, and she's been doing, like, hundreds of these of herself. She's a cosplay professional, and just, like, to get ideas for cosplay, and she, like, can see, kind of, her and costume already fully, you know, Crazy. fully imagined. And she's like, oh, great, and she can pick out, you know, what she wants to do, because it looks, it's her, it's her face, her body, and costumes and different, like, art styles and everything, and, like, that's pretty cool. That is really cool, actually. Dang. So I'm working on my resume to see what I can do <laughs> besides coding, because I think maybe we just got a couple of years need left. To
1: tweak that up, aren't we? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what can what can a robot or a computer do?
1: Oh gosh. <laughs> Have babies. <laughs> I can't do that either, actually. Yeah, you <laughs> so, just you're screwed. Yeah, but, I'm sorry, Tim. Yeah.
0: Yep, you're really useless. Stand. Yeah. I'm, I'm an appendix now. <laughs> Just take me out. Not needed.
1: All right. If you're listening to this show and you are an ML or an AI engineer and you would love to talk to us, we'd like to hear from you because clearly we don't really know the difference and it might be great to know. So. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this episode. This episode of Working Code was brought to you by Let It Go, Let It Go, Letting Go of (laughs) Legacy and (laughs) listeners like you. If you're enjoying this show and you want to make sure we can keep putting more of whatever this is out into the universe, you should should consider supporting us on Patreon. Our Patreons (laughs) cover our recording and editing costs, so we can't do this every single week without them. Uh, Special thanks to Monty, Sean, and Giancarlo. So your homework this week is tell a friend, tell someone about the show who you might think would enjoy this. And we'd love to hear from them. You can find us at workingcode.dev. Do y'all have anything for the after show?
0: No, the after show, I'll actually sing sing my Postgres sequel song.
1: Oh, please do. <laughs> and I would love to tell you about a show I've been watching called Wednesday. It's pretty damn great. So that's it for this week. We'll catch you next time. And until then
0: remember your heart matters especially our soon-to-be robot overlords please don't delete me
1: (laughs) (laughs) you've been listening to working code with your hosts adam ben carol and tim if you're enjoying the show please feel free to rate subscribe and review on your preferred podcast listening platform we really appreciate that effort we'll catch you on the next episode of working code